0: Episode 6. Chapter 1. Bruce woke up just after 5 out of habit. He lifted his phone, 5.03am, and cursed to himself. Why could he not just sleep in on his one day off? Just one day. That was all he wanted. He fell back into a fitful sleep and finally woke up just before 730 He checked his phone. 7.27. Shit. Well, at least that was better than 5.03. He tried to go back to sleep, but could not. 7.43. It was no good. He remembered the PS6. Aha! He could start his acquaintance with it before the others were ready for action. Rising early wasn't such a bad thing after all. He sat up, stretched, then got up and went to the bathroom to shower and shave. He then went to his kitchen, 7.57. He drank a glass of orange juice, without which he could not start the day, and then went back to his room. He turned on the light and started to dress. He was just pulling on his shirt when the light went out. Strange, he thought. The bulb must need changing. He finished dressing in the semi-gloom and reached for his phone. No internet, but he had received several notifications before the connection was lost. He opened them. Most were about some YouTube video that he had no knowledge about. 50,000 views! You're going viral, mate! Hashtag Bruce the Beast! One went. Can't believe you did this best moment of the year LOL hashtag Bruce the Beast chortled another. What the hell were they on about? Here was another, this one in an obnoxious imitation of the tone of a sports announcer. And the Savage Eater of the Year award goes to drumroll Bruce the Beast. Oh no, Dorian, you didn't, did you? 50,000 views and his own viral hashtag. He winced, then pondered. On second thoughts, just think of the positive spin he could put on this. The demolition of that sandwich represented determination, commitment. This is how important my customers are to me. He could imagine himself saying. Maybe he should share it on his Instagram with the comment when you can't wait to get back to business or something like that. Yes that would be the perfect way to turn this to his advantage. He zipped through the rest of his notifications quickly until he came to the last one. A series of brief panicked messages from his brother Joe in New York. Hmm that was odd he checked the time they had been sent just now starting at 7:58 and ending at 8 while he was getting dressed 8 that must have been when the light went what a coincidence that was bruce go to bbc now screamed the first what the hell bruce this is serious Yes, the fact that you're doing pranks like Dorian now is indeed serious. If it happens before you get these, you need to know. This was a great effort, Bruce had to admit. Top marks for the old, authentic doomsday feel. CME arriving any time now. What the hell was a CME? Or had Joe mistyped in his hurry? It'll wipe out the power grid. Yeah, right. One prank was quite enough for now, thank you. He still had the potential fallout of a viral YouTube video to navigate. Satellite's down. Sure. You'll be on your own. It already feels like it with everyone having a go at me like this. I just want you to know I love you so much. Okay, this was serious. His bro never spoke like this. Everything will be alright, just take care. What the... Bruce? Man, that was creepy. And the coincidence with the light going out was uncanny. He went out into the living room, checked the switch. Nope, no power here either. He went to the hallway, checked the circuit breaker box. No switches down. Joe could not have been for real, could he? Bruce was still standing bemused in the doorway when he heard someone running up the stairs, then a burst of frantic knocking and a child's voice calling, Chris, Chris, Chris! This was getting really weird. He opened the door to find a ten-year-old boy breathing heavily, presumably from the exertion of his run up the stairs, I'm looking for Chris. At eight on a Sunday? What's wrong? Who are you? Emily sent me from the shop. She says she needs Chris and one or two others to come now. It's urgent. This was really getting too much. Stay here. Bruce pointed a finger at the boy with unnecessary emphasis. I'll get him. He strode briskly across to Chris's room and rapped sharply on the door. Chris had already been awakened by the boy's noise, as had Clive, and both appeared in the doorways of their respective rooms, bleary-eyed. What's going on? Did someone call my name? Chris asked. Yes, this boy, Bruce said. He seems rather upset. He said it's urgent. Something about your shop. Chris, the power's... Not now. Chris cut him off and rushed to the front door in his underwear. Clive shook his head and made to vanish into his room. Bruce stopped him. Don't go. Looks like Chris might need you. Tommy, what are you doing here? What happened? Chris asked. Chris, all the power's gone. There was this talk about a solar something and the man on the news was super panicked and then it just went black and then a couple men came into the shop all scared and tough looking and then Emily told them to leave and they wouldn't and then she told me to get you and to bring one or two others and then I ran and I ran and... He paused for breath, allowing Chris to get a word in. Hold on. Stop. Chris held his hands out in front of him. He had not even been awake for 60 seconds and here was Tommy babbling breathlessly about some kind of cataclysmic event. He staggered. Say it more slowly, he pleaded. Now! Tommy yelled. Okay, okay. I'll just get dressed. He shot a look at Bruce. Help! And vanished into his room. Clive, you'd better dress too. Bruce said who was the most calm and awake person in the room. I'll wait the others. He grabbed the key for flat four, ran across the corridor, rushed into the flat and pounded on all three bedroom doors. Wake up, wake up, there's an emergency. Alfred emerged first, despite his room being furthest from the front door. He wore creaseless silk pyjamas and looked fully alert. Damn, How can he always be so neat and collected? Bruce had time to think. Maybe he just powers down for the night and can be activated by voice command in a split second. Martin was next, looking confused and scared. Dorian was nowhere to be seen. What is it? What happened? Alfred called. Alfred, the pad just cut out and this kid came and said he needs Chris and someone else to go to the shop now. He looks really scared. He said there was some really bad news on the telly about a solar something and then it went black. And Joe sent me this weird text about a CME. He was all panicked and wow Alfred. Alfred had pulled on a dressing gown and shoes while Bruce was speaking and was looking around himself rapidly. His eye caught Martin. Martin, wake Dorian. Now. Alfred, did you hear me? Bruce asked. Yes, yes, everything. Put your shoes on and go with Chris. I'll take care of it. But, but, but what about my indoor streak? I'm going for Dorian's record. Your what? Bruce noticed, with curiosity, that this was the first thing that had happened that morning that Alfred was having trouble comprehending. You know, the most consecutive days indoors. I've almost caught Clive. You blithering idiot! You fool! You go! Now! Out! Now! Alfred never lost his calm. Things must be bad. Now! Screamed Tommy again from behind him, triggered into a second wave of panic. By that word and by the urgency and tension in Alfred's voice, Bruce jumped. Who will come with me? I need someone, now. Chris appeared in the hall, pulling on a shoe with one hand and holding a cricket bat in the other. Okay, okay, enough of all of you. Bruce ran into Flatfall's hallway, pulled on the first pair of shoes to hand, and ran after Tommy and Chris, who were already halfway down the stairs. Clive wandered into flat four half-dressed, and Dorian appeared in a pair of pink boxers, looking like he'd just woken up from the week-long trance they had been talking about the previous night. Alfred had stridden into the window, yanked back the curtains, and was staring outside. The view looked normal at first glance. The outside world was still there. It had not been overtaken by the zombie apocalypse, which is what the others half expected at this point, except for Dorian, who looked like a bear coming out of winter hibernation and was about as able as the bear to grasp what was going on around him. No natural disaster, no dead bodies, no damaged buildings, no frenzied crowds. Though there were two or three people, running headlong down the street. Otherwise, nothing wrong. Just a lovely morning in the afterglow of the sunrise. And what a sunrise! Beautiful streaks of red and yellow seared the sky. And then Alfred saw it. It was too nice, too colourful, not quite like sunrises here, even the spectacular ones. It could not be he thought. Surely not. He looked down from the sky to the street again. There were three cars parked in the middle of the road. Or rather, they were not parked. Their doors were open and their drivers were talking to each other in confusion. Fuck! They all looked at Alfred, startled. They had never seen him swear before. This is bad, really bad. Already his old mechanical calm was returning. He turned briskly round and started giving orders. Clean the bathtubs and fill them up, both of them, now, and clean them thoroughly. Come on, what are you waiting for, now? Not this again, Clive protested. Not till you tell us what the hell is going on. Bruce said there was a solar something and a CME and the TV suddenly went black. The cars have stopped too. It's a solar storm, and a really bad one by the looks of things. It's an explosion on the surface of the sun. It releases x-rays and UV rays that hit the Earth like an EMP. And then a cloud of red-hot plasma rockets from the sun towards the Earth. It must have hit just now. The power grid's down, all our technology is gone, including the water pumping stations. Water is going to be a scarce resource. We need to ensure our supply now. We'll talk later. Go! Clive and Martin, you do three. Dorian and I will do four. While Alfred was marshalling his considerable intellect and the remaining inhabitants of the two flats... In various stages of grogginess, Chris, Tommy and Bruce raced towards the shop. They did not have time to wander at the stationary cars in the middle of the road, or the people either running or looking around themselves in surprise or leaning perplexed out of the windows. They had a shop to protect. I don't need to keep telling you to like, subscribe, share, and about the book on Amazon anymore. You know these things. I hope you're here to stay. The solar storm has happened. Welcome to the journey.